Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Today's podcast is a women's roundtable where we'll be focusing on the experiences and insights from some of our very own women and leaders at Metric Theory. Um, we have Allison, Barbara, Paige, and Chelsea here with us today. Thank you all for joining me today. Thanks Thank for having us. us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, before we kick off some of the specific questions, I actually want to have you all do a quick intro. So can you all go around just say your name, your office location, your position at Metric Theory, how many years you've been at MT, and fun fact, what's your favorite show you've watched in 2020? Because I know you've all been binging. Um, Barbara, I've been at Metric Theory for five and a half years now I started in the Denver office and now I'm New York to remote in Philly. Um, I'm an associate director um, working on some accounts, B2B accounts, and also um, helping run our you know, training program. And I'm in the midst of rewatching Jane the Virgin and loving every second of it. Great show. <laughs> Hi, I'm Allison Fu. I'm based in our San Francisco office and I'm currently a senior manager. I've been with Metric Theory about four years, so I actually just celebrated my four-year anniversary last week, um, so super exciting. And in terms of shows, I've honestly been watching so many um, these past few months, but more recently, I watched seasons one and two of Killing Eve on Hulu. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Um, very intense show and very, very um, engaging. I'll just say that. <laughs> Highly recommend. Hi, I'm Paige. Uh, I'm based remotely in New Jersey. Um, I'm our Associate Director of Marketing, uh, and I've been at MT about a year and a half now. Um, and my favorite show that I've seen recently is probably Truth Be Told on Apple TV. Um, they've been putting out a lot of really good original content there, so check it out. My name is Chelsea Woods. I work in the Orange County office at Metric Theory. I'm a senior account manager, and I'm just a week shy away from celebrating one year at MT, so I'm excited about that. Um, as far as TV shows, I'm not actually like a huge TV person, but I've actually been binging old episodes of Sex and the City because even though it's really old, there's still a lot of, it's still really relevant <laughs> to a lot of things. Love it. Like I said, I'm really excited to have you guys all here today and excited to dive in and hear your personal experiences insights as it pertains to being a woman in leadership and a woman at metric theory one of the things that stood out to me in the messages we shared prior to this was that there is a common theme around women who have inspired you in your own life so i'm curious to hear who have been some of the most inspiring women in your life and how have they influenced your conception of being a woman in leadership i'm gonna go with the cliche uh, which is true that my mom is definitely um, an inspiring role model of mine, not in the traditional leadership sense, but I think she's shaped so much of like how I step in to leadership. So she's a very loving, nurturing mom, and she really instilled in me this like be yourself mentality. I feel like every piece of advice she ever gave me really centers on that. And so I found that really inspiring and helpful stepping into a leadership role of just like starting with authenticity and going from there. Um, so that's definitely big. And then within the business sc scope, probably, you know, the um, exec females at Metric Theory, I think in particular, um, Brittany, Ashley, Amanda, Jen, Nadine, 
like swooped me up when I started here five and a half years ago. And I've gotten my own fair share of pep talks from all of them at one point. Um, so I have to give them a shout out for um, showing me like by example, what it looks like to be a um, awesome uh, woman in leadership role. Um, <clears throat> for me, it's also, you know, a few people as well. So um, I'd probably start with my first boss right out of college. Uh, her name was Shannon. She owned the agency that I worked for and I started out kind of as her right hand and she just taught me so much over the five years that I was um, working with her. Uh, she taught me, you know, being a woman doesn't have to define uh, the place you hold in the workplace. Um, and she also just reinforced how much she hated the concept of having it all. Uh, she was a working mother and kind of just taught me that you need to be kind to yourself and just do the best that you can to achieve the balance that you're looking to achieve. Um, I would also say uh, my mother as well. She was um, a pioneer in the, uh, the workplace in the 1970s, um, the first female salesperson for a Fortune 500 company, uh, one of their first female executives as well. Um, and she just kind of taught me, you know, you need to be tough. And one of the sayings she always used to say is, uh, once you start taking shit, it only comes in bigger loads. And so that's something that I've kind of taken to heart and uh, just learned how to stand up for myself and not accept anything less than what I deserve. We should embroider that on a pillow. <laughs> um, I'll also say my mother, honestly. Um, she's one of the most inspiring women in my life. She worked her way up, um, you know, immigrated here when she was uh, still in high school and then ended up um, working at a bank and worked her way up and has been there for 25 years now and has become kind of the indispensable person in the company. She's the head of the loan department and really showed me that through a lot of dedication and hard work, um, you know, she's been able to kind of build her place there. And for me, it never, um, I guess, felt weird, the idea of becoming a leader or a woman leader or female leader, just because, um, you know, she had already done that and paved the way. And similarly, outside of my mother, my aunts as well, um, all worked their way up, became female leaders at their companies. And so I was really inspired to kind of follow them um, and become a leader um, in the field that I worked in. Nice. So I definitely want to echo all of you guys. Um, I think, you know, having strong women in our lives I uh, also can echo having my mother as a role model, some of my aunts as role models too. I think it's increasingly important to have those figures in our lives. So I'm really happy to you know, hear your guys' thoughts on that. Thank you all for sharing. So I know a few of you mentioned kind of instances of microaggressions or biases coming from clients or different experiences you've had in the workplace. This personally resonated with me because I've also experienced similar instances of this, particularly with clients. Um, so I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your experience. What have, you know, your experiences been here? And if you're willing to share a specific example, please go for it. But more importantly, I would like us to address what advice would you, what would be your advice to other women at Metric Theory in handling these experiences? This is a tough one to talk about. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like a lot of the times I keep it to myself and my 2020 journey, probably because I'm having my most um, like apparent issue with this now. Um, I'm like not really able to keep it to myself anymore. Um, 
I mean, like looking back on my career, I've worked with a lot of like B2B companies and tech companies, and I'm sometimes like the only woman on a call, especially on like the client side. It's kind of a boys club in some of these companies. Um, And it really sucks, you know, being on a call and, you know, having an idea or speaking up and feeling unheard. I've felt pushed aside. I've been like literally ignored of someone just like not even acknowledging that I said anything. Um, and I think it, it's especially hurtful because, you know, I have a lot of really awesome and supportive men on my teams, but then I also have the comparison of how my clients interact with them. And I can really feel like the divide between that. Um, I think in particular, one of the hardest things for me is like, I'm so proud of the work I do and I'm really passionate about my work. And I found that often it gets misattributed so clients will like misremember, you know, oh, so-and-so, this is this analysis you ran or this thing you set up for us, but I was the one that set it up. Um, and it hurts. And I, I think that um, like what I, what I, what advice I'd give or like what I want to do more of is just be honest about that. Cause I have a lot of like younger women on my teams that I'm working with and people at the company that are just like watching what I'm doing. And I want them to know that it's not okay. And so if they're observing that, I'm going to be more vocal about it. And even if it's just as simple as like being vulnerable of, I feel really sad after that call or I feel super disrespected, I think showing that like it's okay to acknowledge that it's happening is super important because, you know, that's the first step to like doing something about it versus just sweeping it under the rug. I actually second what Barbara said. There's been instances that I've definitely felt like people were, were clients were being condescending to me. Um, maybe just because I'm a woman. One time a client was explaining a situation to my manager and said that girl instead of my name. So that was a frustrating instance for me, but I think Barbara put it perfectly to kind of acknowledge those feelings. And I'm not the type of person to be able to kind of bottle things up, but it has definitely helped me develop a tougher skin. Um, So I, I think that these experiences have kind of shaped me working a little harder to prove myself, but I, I don't necessarily think that that's a, a bad thing. I think I have learned a lot and grown a lot from those experiences. So I, I second the advice that she gave about acknowledging the feelings um, and then working working through that. Yeah, I completely agree as well in terms of acknowledging it because oftentimes you're not alone, right? A lot of us have felt the same types of, uh, or have been in the same types of situations with clients. Um, So just talking about it with each other, finding someone else and knowing you're not alone. I also do think it is important to um, maybe talk with some of the other members of your team. Maybe if in Barbara's case, you know, the client is attributing work that someone else did on a call and said, oh, thank you so-and-so for pulling this analysis. And if that person is a male team member, um, having them acknowledge, oh, actually, Barbara pulled this, um, just so that we are all supporting each other and just kind of acknowledging that, yes, there was um, a mistake here and we need to correct it. And just so that in the future, it doesn't continuously happen. And I don't know about you guys, but I think sometimes I talk myself out of it. I'm like, oh, I'm not really... It's probably not because I'm a woman or maybe they're just having a bad day, but Alison, I can't agree more because if you talk about it, like, I think what's helped me this year is I've been more vocal about it and I've had managers and team members, like, start to stand up for me and, like, male team members being like, Barbara did that. 
or to be like, yeah, I noticed that too. And it's not okay. And like that validation is, I don't know, it's made me feel a lot better. So I agree with you. Yeah. And I also think when you talk about it too, sometimes they don't realize it when it's happening and having that conversation makes them more aware moving forward of, oh, you're right. That is something that's happening more regularly than I think it is. Yeah. Completely agree with all of you. I think with a lot of things, the first step is recognition and acknowledgement. Um, We can only solve that problem if we do that first and then move forward from there. Um, I really appreciated you guys opening up there. I think that advice is fantastic. Um, So hopefully, you know, the people listening can kind of pull from that and take it moving forward. Thank you again. So I want to pivot a little bit here and talk a little bit more broadly about a few notions that many of us have heard or are familiar with. A few mentioned notions of like not showing emotion in the workplace or, you know, the concept of having it all. So I want each of you to talk a little bit more about these ideas, one of the ideas, um, and why they're important for us to address and acknowledge and what they mean to you. This is my favorite topic. Um, I think anyone that knows me knows that um, I think that this toxic notion of no emotion in the workplace is BS. Um, I think that the reason I'm passionate about it is because for myself as a manager or an employee, a human being, friend, whatever, when I show up authentically, and for me, that's softness and vulnerability um, and sometimes crying, that um, that like I'm happier and I'm more effective and my relationships are better when I'm authentic, right? And so this notion of no, no emotion in the workplace is completely counter to like who I am at my core. And so this has been a big journey for me. I think I have a lot of compassion for like 23-year-old Barbara who used to wear what I call her lady boss mask, which was to show up and be super stoic and, you know, be really ambitious and not cutthroat, but like just not true to myself and what I wanted um, in, in the workplace. And I acknowledge like why I was like that, but What I see is that when I do show up with that vulnerability, like I'm always met with success from the perspective of like, I feel better so I can do my job better and I can be more successful in my career. Or I think in particular, um, you know, I've managed a handful of people over the years and in moments where I show my authenticity and my vulnerability or I'm just honest how I feel about a situation, I then get them to open up to me and I can help them work through things as well. So I think that having emotion in the workplace shows up differently for everyone because I know that not everybody's like a crier like I am, which is normal. Um, But whatever emotion you have, just like honoring it and, you know, you are at work so many hours in your life and you shouldn't shy away from feeling during that time. Um, yeah, I would to kind of echo what Barbara was saying, like how important it is to be able to, you know, tap into those emotions. I also think particularly as a manager, um, vulnerability begets vulnerability. And the more you're able to express who you are and connect with your direct reports, the more they'll feel comfortable doing that with you. And the more they'll feel comfortable coming to you with any mistakes they might have made or issues that are arising for them, maybe personally that is affecting them at work. And just having those more honest and open conversations 
just leads to success on all fronts, both personally and at work as well. Um, and on the concept of like having it all, I think as women, this is something that uh, probably affects us a little bit more than our male counterparts because particularly when it comes to the point in um, women's careers where they become mothers, uh, I think p women just become extremely hard on themselves that they don't feel like they're being the best mother at home because they have a job or vice versa. I also feel like it's happening a lot now with the pandemic that people are having to um, take care of their full t children full time while also working full time. Um, I know it's affected a lot of, you know, family members and friends and people. And, you know, I think women just need to be a little bit kinder to themselves in general and, you know, understand that they're just doing the best they can. Yeah, I definitely echo Barbara and Paige. I think authenticity is one thing that you guys both touched on. And I think that's huge, right? Showing up authentically is going to make for a better workplace for you. And then that's going to trickle down to the people you manage or the people that you interact with. And if they see you acting authentically, then, you know, that's something they're able to bring their entire selves to work. So that is awesome advice to hear. So want to shift a little bit. This is probably a question you've all heard before. Um, but I want each of you to tell me what's the best career advice that you have received? The best career advice I've received um, is, is that there's no hurry. I think that I, and maybe you guys share this experience working at Metric Theory or, um, you know, Allison, maybe having started more so started your career here, like myself is it's fast paced and you know you go through these different roles over you know a five for me like a five and a half year period of time and I just kind of get gotten this mentality of like I need to go 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 I need to like pedal to the metal keep keep getting promoted keep advancing my career and I started to feel overwhelmed and stressed like I think a lot of people do and and I think that um you know intersection of being a woman in the workplace made me want to really prove myself and I was getting overwhelmed. And, you know, I think it was my dad gave me this advice of like, you're so early in your career. What's the hurry? And, and you know, and then I started passing this along too. And my joke is like, we are so many decades away from retiring. Like this is a marathon. It's not a sprint, which I think is kind of a game changer of, you know, you can just take every day, you know, day by day and take a break and take a breath because, you're not like racing towards something. This is life. So be balanced and make time for yourself and, and trust the process that, you know, like if you're here, you're an amazing individual with great career potential and you're going to get there. Um, so that's, that's made me feel like a lot calmer in my career. So I'm excited to share that piece of advice with everyone. Love it. Um, I think the best career advice I received um, was that you should try to never go to your boss with a problem without offering a potential solution. Um, and I think that actually starting at metric theory, you know, realizing that proactivity was one of our step values, it, that transitioned very well there, or sorry, go back, sorry. Um, when I started at metric theory and I realized that one of our step values is to be proactive, um, I think that came in very handy as well. Um, I think it's just, you know, being solution oriented makes you a more valuable asset to your uh, employer. I think the best career advice that I've been given is to stop comparing yourself to others. Um, we're all in our time, 
own time frame. We've all had different experiences. There's different things that have shaped us. And I think that everyone's journey is their own. So maybe if it's, maybe if like a promotion is taking longer than you thought, or um, you were frustrated about a client situation, you shouldn't compare yourself to others. You should handle it the way that is authentic to you. Um, and I, I think I always, I kind of think about that in, in my daily working life too. I think the best advice I've received is to just not completely tie your sense of success or self-worth to your job. I feel like um, that's, you know, a part of finding balance between work and regular life um, and knowing that we spend most of our time at work um, and obviously spend a lot of energy into everything. Um, it can be easy to just let um, maybe a bad client call or just any bad day to just completely ruin um, the whole rest of the day or the whole rest of your week. Um, and it's just really important to kind of separate that out um, and also just understand that there's, you know, other things outside of work that can kind of make you feel more fulfilled as well. That work doesn't have to be your main source of fulfillment. Wow. So yeah, thank you all for sharing. Uh, I think that advice is definitely applicable for everyone here at Metric Theory. I definitely took some, you know, new knowledge away from that. So I appreciate all of you for sharing. So I kind of want to transition here. I know we kind of all touched on some group questions, but I actually want to pivot to some individual questions. Each of you sent me, you know, a few snippets of what you guys are passionate about or what your experience has been. So I want to touch on that to pull out some unique experiences from each of you. And I want to start with Paige here. Um, Paige, one of the things that you mentioned in your pre-interview thoughts was that you spent four years at Silicon Valley pre-IPO company Cows, um, where you reported directly up to a chain of women. So first off, that sounds like an incredible experience. Um, but I'm curious to hear, what is one lesson or specific experience you had during that time that was impactful in shaping who you are today, who you are as a leader. Sure. I think something I learned there is to really own my voice. Um, I think sometimes women fall into this, this may be a stupid question trap, um, where they don't want to seem too overconfident, but to, it's to their own detriment. Um, and so something I learned there, especially, you know, reporting up to, from myself to the CEO was all women, was that you really, um, when you have an opinion or idea, speak up and stand behind it. Uh, you're going to be wrong sometimes, but you'll never know if you don't say it. Um, and to just kind of exude that confidence that you really have inside you, but sometimes you're afraid to um, exercise. Going in to our next guest here, our lovely Barbara, um, I want to turn to you. So I know this is something you already touched on a little bit, but you talked about all of the strong female leaders here at Metric Theory that really shaped your progress at Metric Theory and your progress in your management career. So my question to you is, how are you paying that forward with the woman that you come in contact with at Metric Theory? I mean, the first thing I think is, I hope I am paying it forward. <laughs> um, I really haven't reflected too much on this. And I think it's because the way that I, I think I am paying it forward is just almost leading by example. Um, so, you know, we, we talk a lot about representation, you know, for gender, race, sexual orientation, whatever it might be and how important that is. And so I think that the more I can be a vocal woman in leadership and speak up and be direct and not shy away from like 
making my voice heard and not shy away from showing emotion or talking about when I'm wrong or whatever it might be. Um, showing that that's good and normal and can lead to success and growing your career, I think is hopefully one of the ways I'm paying it forward. Um, and just checking in with people. I mean, I think that one-on-one -on -one conversation is super important. And one of the reasons that I absolutely love my role in training is because I feel like I've gotten to have more of a personal connection with a lot more people at Metric Theory um, because of that role. Um, and so I like to try and check in um, with everyone that I work with, but I think especially the women that I work with, because, you know, I see a little bit of myself in them um, and just make sure that they're okay. Um, and that, you know, if they need anything that I'm here, which is the experience I had with, you know, the leaders that helped me. So just trying to pay it forward that way. Well, I would like to know that working under you, you've definitely paid it forward. I was an analyst, obviously under you, under 5'9", and I just remember you always taking the time, you know, to teach me that account is complicated. The, P the POCs on that account are incredibly sharp. So learning from you, learning under you and Brittany was an incredible experience. So just want to definitely let you know that you've paid it forward, at least on my end, and I'm sure on everyone else that's worked on 5'9 with you. You guys can't see, but I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andrea. Of course. Um, awesome. Well, thank you, Barbara. Um, Allison, one thing that you talked about that I think is incredibly important, and I don't think it's talked about enough, um, is the concept of making sure that women feel confident in the workplace. So my question to you is, what steps have you taken to build up your own confidence and what would be your advice to others if they're struggling with a similar situation? Yeah, when I think about confidence in the workplace and, you know, women, I always think about that um, well-cited study about how I think it's something along the lines of um, like women won't apply to a job unless they fit 100% of the job description versus men will if I think it's 60% of the job description. Um, and that's partly reinforced because um, I mean, there have definitely been situations or I think it's still the case where men are often more recognized for their potential versus women are more recognized for their actual um, success and track record. Um, but that always just kind of reminds me in terms of taking more risks, um, just acknowledging that even if I don't feel 100% on something or I feel like I, you know, I'm not necessarily fully equipped in a situation, just going ahead and taking that leap of faith and knowing that I will be able to handle it. Um, I do think um, personally, I've really worked on um, Part of it is kind of like faking it until you make it. Um, that definitely has helped me just kind of tell me, telling myself, you know, I will get this at some point. It might take time. It might take some learning, might take me asking for help, but I will be able to get it. So I just go for it. Um, I also think it's important, and this is something that I um, kind of had to correct myself on early on. Um, it's important to also um, not 
apologize too much, if that makes sense. Um, so I often found when I was starting out, I would apologize for things that I wouldn't necessarily need to. I'd apologize for clients like, oh, sorry, I sent this a minute later or something along those lines or something that was totally unnecessary just because I didn't want to seem like I was not doing the right thing or I just was trying to defer to whoever I was speaking to. Um, and that's something that I think um, one of my managers early on kind of told me like, hey, you actually say sorry a lot and I don't think it's necessary. And that really stuck with me. Um, and I think just acknowledging little things like that has really helped me build my confidence over time. Um, and in terms of advice to others in building their own confidence, um, I think the taking more risk thing is definitely important. I think as well, um, just not being afraid to um, be wrong and to ask for help is important. And just knowing that everyone else kind of has to go through the same things, whether or not you're a woman, um, and just to go for it overall. Um, and, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of kind of hyping yourself up before um, a presentation or a meeting or anything along those lines. And just know that you always have people to support you um, and just know that you will be able to do it. You just need to have that belief in yourself and confidence can go really far. I'm a big fan of power poses. No lie, before every QBR renewal presentation for my first like three years, I would go in the bathroom and I would put my hand, I would do like the Superman pose for like a minute straight, just cause I, you know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, studies about how it actually does like increase testosterone, which makes you more confident. But Allison, when you said fake it till you make it, I was like brought right back into like staring at myself in the mirror with my hands on my hips. Um, love a power pose. Yeah, I think it's called superwoman pose, Barbara. Love, thank you, Andrea. <laughs> um, I think just echoing off of what, I Allison, you just said, and Paige, you mentioned earlier, is the concept of, you know, taking risks and being okay with not always being right and not always getting things, you know, right the first time around. I think that's one thing maybe as, this is as myself as a woman, I feel like if I mess up, someone's going to look at me a little bit differently. But you know, having that idea that part of success comes with those failures, I think is really important for us to acknowledge. And the only way we are going to get better is to make those mistakes and learn from them. Great. So thank you, all of you. Um, I want to move to Kelsey here. I know you have worked at a few agencies prior to metric theory. I just want to hear what have your experiences been in the different places that you have worked at? as it pertains to being a woman, as it pertains to seeing other women in leadership roles? Yeah, so one of the things that I love about metric theory are all the women that are in leadership roles here. Um, I actually haven't had that in the past, thinking back, and I actually just realized that right now, at this moment, that I haven't really had a lot of female leaders to look up to in previous jobs. I've always worked in digital marketing but there hasn't really been those female role models for me. Um, so that is something that I love in metric theory, and it's definitely different from what I've seen in the past. So I'm very thankful for that now. Um, it did come kind of like later in my career, but <laughs> it's still good to, to see and, and kind of be able to have those role models as well. So I definitely learned something from all of you, and I hope our listeners have too. With that, I want to wrap up our discussion with a quick question. I'll just go around and have each of you give 
me your final thoughts. Um, this is a fun one, very different from the prior question. This is a tip for our male co coworkers listening out there. So my question is, what is one way our male coworkers can be allies for us? Speak up. If you notice something that like seems microaggression-y or, or if a female colleague is telling you that they experienced microaggression, believe them, even if it didn't sound like it to you, acknowledge that um, you're, you, know, you have a different perspective on the matter and speak up. I think that one of what's made me feel best in those situations where I've felt disrespected is when my male colleague said, actually, Barbara set that up, or actually, Barbara pulled that report, or I'll defer to Barbara on that. Um, that goes a long way, and we appreciate it. Yeah, to kind of echo that, um, become active participants, not just bystanders and all of this. So, you know, if you see something, say something, kind of. Um, you know, if someone's interrupted, say, I think so-and-so was fin wasn't finished getting her point across, or you know, just thinking about the the word the words that are used to describe women sometimes. So, you know, in a certain situation where a man might be called assertive, a woman might be called shrill or aggressive. Kind of just understanding a lot of that. And when you see something like that, just speak up and um, yeah. I agree with all of that. Give credit where, where credit's due. Um, and also believe us if we, if we say something like that and, and don't just take it with a grain of salt because it is a an issue that happens to a lot of women too. Yeah, absolutely. I would echo what everyone said. Um, and I think it's just important to um, not only, you know, amplify what everyone um, has said or what um, females on your team have said, um, but also just to listen empathetically and just make sure that um, you are aware of when these situations occur, um, because there are going to be also situations where maybe the female on your team is too afraid to speak up or call something out. Um, so I do think it's important to at least just be um, aware of potential situations going on. Awesome. Love it. Um, well, thank you, everyone, again, for your time. And thank you to everyone tuning in. We are excited to continue putting on these types of podcasts. So I hope you enjoyed this one, this episode. Um, and thank you, Barbara, Paige, Chelsea, and Allison. It was a pleasure to get to learn more about your, each of your unique situations and experiences. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to share with all of us. Thank yeah, you. thank you, Andrea. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having us.